Welcome to the BSN Rams podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. Use the code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Off a high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three. It's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores. J.D. Page. Boy, Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low. Hornung. Dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10. Here's Van Pelt. He's at the 5. Touchdown, Colorado State. What's up guys, it's finally Friday, I am back with another edition of the PSN Rams podcast. It's been a great week, we've had a lot of really great content over at bsndenver.com. You know, as I said yesterday, camp's really flying by, we have had a ton to talk about, but today we are going to talk more about some next level guys. Thursday night, there was a lot of NFL preseason games, and it was really a great showing for a lot of former CSU players. So we are going to break down some of their performances, add a little audio from some of those guys, and then we're also going to talk a little bit of hoops. You know, it's never too early to start thinking about basketball. We are less than 100 days from the basketball season, and, you know, I personally can't wait. But as I said before, we're going to start with some NFL guys and kind of some bombshell news dropped Thursday afternoon, and that is that former CSU quarterback Garrett Grayson has apparently decided to call it a career. According to Ian Rappaport, Grayson was contacted by the Atlanta Falcons before they signed Matt Schaub. Schaub played against the Broncos in the Hall of Fame game, but according to Rappaport, Grayson told the Falcons that he is walking away from football at this time. Uh, really a interesting decision. Grayson has bounced around the league a little bit. Originally, Grayson was a third-round pick by the New Orleans Saints. They took him number 75 overall in 2015. Listen to what Mike Mayock, who is now the general manager of the Oakland Raiders, used to be a long-time draft expert, uh, had to say about Garrett back in 2015. He throws with anticipation which is rare for a college quarterback these days. He won't overwhelm with his physical traits, but I think the whole is better than the composite parts. He has a game similar to Drew Brees. Really high praise from Mayock. Obviously, the Saints were pretty high on Grayson, taking him number 75 early third-round pick. Uh, Grayson's 2014 season, honestly, it's as impressive as any single year by a quarterback that's ever played in the state of Colorado in 2014. Grayson had 
270 completions, 64.3% passing, 4,006 yards, still a single-season record for CSU, 32 touchdowns and only 7 interceptions. Really just a tremendous career. I tweeted those figures out yesterday. Got a little bit of clapback from one guy saying that basically that Grayson torched inferior opponents, wasn't so great against the big guys. I would argue that, you know, basically throwing for like 300 plus every week says otherwise. Uh, if you want to point to that Utah Bull game as a reason to say you think he didn't show up in big games, I guess that's fine, but really I think you don't understand the context of what was going on with that season. It was absolute chaos. McElwain had just left for Florida. Nobody knew what the hell was going on. Dave Baldwin didn't even know. Dave Baldwin's asking the media for information because he was kept in the dark by McElwain. So really just for weeks leading up to that Las Vegas Bowl, it was just a total freaking shit show. But nonetheless, if you want to use that one poor showing against Grayson, that's fine. I personally will choose to remember Grayson for game-winning touchdown throw at Boston College, one of the most exciting seasons by any quarterback I've remembered in 2014. Just a ton of phenomenal moments. You can also point to that the walk-off victory over Utah State. He makes some really big-time throws, including to, you know, Richard Higgins, who is a guy we're about to talk about next, honestly. Um, so bummed to see that Grayson is you know, retiring. I can't say I blame the guy. He's bounced around the league a little bit. Hasn't really found a footing, probably deciding that it's better to keep his long-term health than it is to bounce around as a perennial backup. That's his choice. I respect him for going out on his own terms. Definitely wish him well moving forward. But as I said before, we're going to talk a little bit about Richard Higgins, man. Richard Higgins had a really phenomenal game for the Browns last night. He led the team in a 20-point win with five receptions on six targets, had 98 total receiving yards, also hauled in a 38-yard touchdown from Baker Mayfield. Really just an excellent showing for Hollywood Higgins. I said on Thursday that 2019 there's going to be an opportunity for Richard to really establish himself as that number three. They traded for OBJ. They have Jarvis Landry. They also have Callaway, but I think Higgins can, you know, overtake Callaway for that number three role. He has phenomenal chemistry with Baker Mayfield. That's what all of the local writers have been saying all summer. We saw it on display last night. Mayfield leads a two-minute drill at the end, throws a 38-yard strike to Higgins in the end zone. Just, you know, that's the kind of play you can make when you have great repetition. And that stuff matters, man. The coaching staff is noticing stuff like that, so... Really just a huge performance from Richard Higgins. Here is some audio from an interview that Richard Higgins did with Nathan Zagura of clevelandbrowns.com. Again, this interview is from Nathan Zagura of clevelandbrowns.com. Let's listen to what Richard Hollywood Higgins had to say about his big night. Here with one of the stars of tonight's game, wide receiver Hollywood Higgins and Hollywood what did Freddie Kitchens tell you guys before you went out there for that first drive? Just just go out and have fun. You know, we've been doing it for I don't know how long. And it, it, it kind of seemed like practice when we were going out there. So if anything, just go out there and do what you do and just be comfortable doing it. 
Did he say, look, you guys got this is a two-minute drill. Go out there and score and score quick. Yeah, so with Baker, we was going to do a two-minute drill. Um, obviously, try to get the floor of things and just see where it goes from there. Uh, Baker did a hell of a job tonight, man. And I'm, we're just looking towards a, a big season this year. Absolutely. We saw a glimpse of it. Baker, five for six, 77 yards and a touchdown. By the way, you were on the receiving end of that 24-yard touchdown in a lot of traffic, threaded the needle over a safety in front of a safety. What happened on that play? Um, it was middle open. Safeties was in cover two, and I just took the middle. Baker did a hell of a job throwing the ball over that, that drop defender. So um, I did my job, and, and we walked the red carpet. It's time to take a second and acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world-famous Avalanche, which is their classic American amber ale. But they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. For you beer enthusiasts out there, they are calling this a light-hearted Kolsch ale, but for those of you that have no idea what that means, this is that light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So look for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer. And make sure you also look out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. We just launched it, and you'll be able to see all of the events we have planned where we'll be drinking Breck beers at all of them. So RSVP and have a good time. Welcome back, guys. As we were talking about before the break, Thursday night was a really great showing for a lot of next-level Rams. We just talked about Richard Higgins. Now we're going to talk a little bit about Preston Williams. Preston Williams, he he's basically been the talk of the camp down in Miami. All of the local beat writers are falling in love with him. They constantly rave about his, his play in training camp. Well, Thursday night, he did it on the field in a game. Williams led the Dolphins with four receptions on five targets. He had 97 total receiving yards. More impressive than the numbers, which were impressive, were the catches, man. He was just a walking highlight reel. Every single one of his catches was contested. Every single one of them could have been, you know, a featured play in a Sports Center highlight segment. And that's that's what Preston Williams does, you know. He... There were a lot of questions about his character and all this other crap, but none of that really matters when you go out and ball. That's just the way the league is. I mean, we can debate the morality of that, but the truth is that if you can play, there is a spot for you in the NFL. Preston Williams can play. There's no doubt about that. Listen to these commentators rave about him. Both in the backfield for protection purposes, and it's not going to work. Rosen fires it up for grabs, and the pass is caught by <laughs> Preston Williams, and a play goes down. Do and Rick Rosen can do in this situation. And going deep is Rosen, and a one-handed catch is made by Preston Williams. It looked like one-handed, and it was. They're running back, but they're going to be throwing. And good protection this time, and the pass. Did he stay in bounds? No. As you see it again. Boy. After review, the ruling on the field has been changed to a completed catch. 18 yards. Uh, in February, you're going to have the uh, Super Bowl here. Another, another. Wow. Preston Williams has been unbelievable so far. But 
He's made catches like this in this first half. What a presence like he has said, made. He's 6'5 and 220 pounds. Definitely a really great showing for Preston Williams. That's exactly what he needs to do if he's going to certify himself as a as a legitimate wide receiver in the NFL. We all know that he's good enough to perform and perform at an extremely high level, but you know, can he do it consistently? Can he stay out of trouble and all that? We'll see. I definitely hope so because as we saw Thursday night, when he is playing at his best, he is as good as probably any wide receiver that's come through CSU. So definitely wishing Preston Williams well over the next couple of weeks. Hopefully he stays healthy, keeps producing well, and earns himself a nice little contract. Because as we know, you know, he didn't get drafted due to some off-field questions. Didn't perform well in pro day either. But, you know, I think he's probably going to end up making a whole lot of money playing football. So probably won't matter a whole lot in the end. But, you know, good for Preston. Glad he balled out. Glad that he's making a lot of GMs look kind of silly. Because the fact that nobody was willing to take a chance on him in the seventh round seems pretty freaking crazy to me. But, you know, what do I know? <laughs> Along with Richard Higgins and Preston Williams, also a pretty nice night for Josh Watson, who had 10 total tackles in the Denver Broncos lost to the Seattle Seahawks. The Broncos now 0-2 in preseason, but Watson had a pretty nice game. Ten total tackles, three of which were solo. According to Pro Football Focus, Watson had the third highest defensive grade on the team at 74.3. Yeah, I mean, we've said multiple times that Watson making the Broncos is probably a long shot, but, you know, him and guys like Joe Deneen are really trying to provide depth at that linebacker role, which the Broncos definitely lack on the inside. So we'll see if Watson can overtake Deneen. Deneen was also one of the NCAA's leading tacklers over the last couple of years. So those two guys are trying to prove themselves. Both of them had nice nights last night. So shout out to Josh Watson. When we come back from the break, we are going to talk a little CSU hoops. Never too early to start thinking about basketball. And the Rams actually released the schedule yesterday, so it's perfect timing. We'll talk about that when we come back. Rams football is back. The wait is over. It's time for fall camp, and we're giving you the best deal that we've run since we went to the free t-shirt format with subscriptions. But it won't last long. Here's the deal. If you use the code GORAMS, you will get our annual package for $34.99, which not only is a $10 discount off our current annual package, but it comes out to $2.91 per month which is almost 50% off our standard monthly price. But it's not just about the discount. You're also getting a free premium Rams t-shirt, which is a $27 value. You get to have your comments read on this podcast. You get all of our exclusive content on bsndenver.com. And if you don't like reading, but you want the inside details, subscribers get all of our Broncos written stories in audio form, meaning we read all of our written content to you. And then, of course, there's our film reviews, game grades, and just being part of the BSN Rams community. So go to bsndenver.com or download the app and use the promo code GORAMS, all one word, to join the family today. We're talking basketball. (laughs) All right, never too early to talk a little basketball. As I said before the break, CSU released the complete 2019-20 schedule, 
we knew last spring that the Rams were going to make the trip to Duke. I uh, noticed on Twitter that a couple of, we'll just say a few Denver media folks just realized it for the first time yesterday. You know, we'll try to we'll try to cut them a little slack, but yeah, that's that's pretty much why you should be subscribing to BSN Denver because most folks down in the Mile High City have their head buried in the sand when it comes to CSU and CU, but us at BSN Denver were a little bit different. I published on Thursday about 1,200 words, kind of just looking at the schedule, some of the most important stretches, talking about some of the more difficult games. Definitely go and read that. Uh, but I'll, I'll talk a little bit about it here also. As I lay out in the article, you know, the, the schedule is just deceptively difficult. They have to play a lot of really good mid-major teams. Some of these teams are kind of coming off of great years but lost some guys, so still in question, but solid programs, programs that win 20-plus games year in, year out, programs like, you know, New Mexico State, who has now beaten CSU in back-to-back -back years, have a chance to play Loyola Chicago in the Cayman Islands, that one's not for sure, got to play the top two teams from the Summit League, Utah Valley, who finished second in the WAC. So there, there are just a lot of pretty decent mid-majors that CSU's going to have to play. These are the kind of teams the Rams are going to need to beat if they're ever going to want to get back to the postseason, whether that's the NCAA tournament or the NIT. Um, but yeah, kind of an interesting schedule. CSU opens the year. First regular season game will be November 1st against Denver. That's at Moby Arena. Four days later, they will play at Cameron Indoor against the Duke Blue Devils. Definitely one of the bigger non-conference games that CSU has played in the last decade. Really looking forward to that one. Um, after that, they have a deceptively hard home game with Omaha at Moby Arena before traveling to Loyola and then hosting Arkansas State. After that, the Rams go to the Cayman Islands where they can play a bunch of teams, come back in December. Uh, one of the things that I lay out in the article and kind of break down in detail is how this year the Mountain West is going to have everyone play two conference games in the first week of December. This is because they have the conference tournament one week earlier than they normally do in Las Vegas. Apparently there's going to be some giant construction conference or something and like a couple hundred thousand people are going to be out there for this conference so there's just like no hotel rooms in Vegas. They've literally been talking about this for like th two or three years. I've been hearing rumbles about this at the Mountain West tournaments, so they're hosting it one week earlier this year. As a result, every team's going to play two conference games. CSU on December 4th will play San Diego State at Moby Arena. On December 7th, the Rams will play at Boise State. Really just... Let me, let me start by saying how much I hate the fact that teams have to play conference games and not just December, but the first week of December, you know, the entire benefit of having conference games after the out-of-conference portion is that you have an opportunity to come together. You know, there's always some learning curves that come with a basketball season. And, you know, in any given year, you might move on two, three people. CSU this year moved on quite a few more due to transfers. But, yeah, the Rams are going to have to be playing really good basketball really early because... You know, if you, you lose to San Diego State and Boise State right off the bat in early December, that's just setting you up for disappointment because after that, you still have to play CU. you got to 
play a neutral game against Tulsa on the road. Uh, they host Doan. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. That's a D2 program. Finished 10th in the Great Plains Athletic Conference. If you had to Google that school, you're not alone. So did I. Uh, based in Nebraska, literally never heard of it. Doesn't sound like they're particularly impressive. I got to imagine that this game is only on the schedule because the CSU was trying to get someone else. I imagine someone more desirable and it fell through for some reason. That's the only way I can logically see them, you know, agreeing to play this team. I don't even know if it'll count towards the record or not. But yeah, pretty interesting. After that, January 1st, the second part of conference play, the true start of conference play. As I said, they have to play two games in the first week of December, but once the out-of-conference portion is done, the Rams will play at Nevada before they host Wyoming in the border war. And yeah, we're not going to break down the entire conference play here because I wrote about it already. But So definitely check it out on bsndenver.com. Pretty interesting schedule. The Rams are going to be looking to do big things under Nico Medved in year two. Um, one of the things I'm most excited about with this year's team are the freshmen, Kevin Sweeney of College Basketball Central, one of the, my, what I like to refer to as Twitter friends. <laughs> They're just a lot of, especially college basketball guys and college football guys from around the country that I follow and interact with, have gotten to know a little bit just for the common love of sports. You know, that's the fun thing about Twitter helps me interact with all of you, also helps me interact with a lot of really talented people. Kevin Sweeney of College Basketball Central is one of them. He published a piece about the five most underrated recruiting classes for this year. Uh, CSU is one of the schools he included on there. Uh, Listen to what Kevin had to say about David Roddy. One of the more unique players in the 2019 class, an undersized bruiser who also was an excellent football player in high school. Roddy is very skilled and plays somewhat as a point forward. He chose CSU thanks in part to the relationship he built with assistant coach Dave Thorson, who has strong roots in Roddy's home state of Minnesota. Roddy averaged over 15 points and 7 rebounds per game on the EYBL circuit and chose the Rams over multiple high major suitors. He should be a plug-and-play contributor from the start. I can't agree more with Kevin. Kevin is really excited about David Roddy. Everything that I've heard about David Roddy, you know, leads to imply that the young man is going to be a big-time addition for CSU this year. Uh, you know, ran into Dave Thorson at the gym a while back, and Thorson was just kind of raving about this kid's work ethic and just his size and his, his ability to come in and play right away. I'm really stoked. Kevin also mentioned Isaiah Stevens. Stevens, a point guard who CSU signed out of Texas. This is what Kevin had to say about Isaiah Stevens. I'm also a big fan of point guard Isaiah Stevens, a winner who will fit well running the show in Nico Medved's system. He was perhaps the best player on one of the best teams in Texas last season and should impact winning positively from day one. Along with Isaiah Stevens, New Zealand import James Moores is the epitome of a stretch four who shot over 50% from three at FIBA U19 this summer. Nevada decommit Deshaun Thomas and late stock riser John Tanyich round out a strong recruiting class. Meanwhile, Medved also brings in three transfers, P.J. Bird from BCU, Ignis Arguinas from Georgia, and Tavion Kirk from Ohio. 
PJ Bird, of course, has received a, a waiver and is immediately eligible. Uh, this was a really fascinating article from Kevin. I definitely recommend it. I retweeted it. I saw Kevin Lytle shared it as well. Uh, Kevin is just one of those great basketball minds. He's one of the one of the guys that, you know, he keeps up with literally like all 300 teams. I, I don't know how the hell he does it, uh, but he's incredibly knowledgeable. So if Kevin is saying that CSU's recruiting class is good, you should definitely be listening. I have been excited about this recruiting class for a while, but admittedly it's easy to get caught up in the hype. The fact that national guys are saying it too is definitely a good sign. The Rams are, you know, they're, they need a good season. Back-to-back -back years of really just difficult. That's the, that's the only way to describe it. It's been difficult, but I think that this season there's a chance for the program to have some life. They have a ton of young talent. You also got some some important veterans coming back and Nico Carbaccio, Chris Martin, and Hyron Edwards. I think that this team is actually pretty dangerous and could make a lot of noise in the Mountain West if they figure things out. I think there will probably be a learning curve, especially at the beginning. Having to play Duke right off the bat is probably going to be pretty humbling for this squad, but it's also going to be a chance for them to play in a hostile environment and just kind of learn what they are, learn what this team is made of. I think last year you kind of saw that when the Rams went down to Nevada early in conference play and looked a little shell-shocked. You might see that from some of the guys, especially the younger guys in Cameron Indoor this year, but definitely a great opportunity. I'm sure all of the players are looking forward to it, a chance to play in one of the nation's most iconic basketball venues. I sure am excited. Um, haven't haven't planned my travel stuff quite yet, but I'm definitely going to get down there for that Duke game. Also, hopefully going to be traveling for some football this fall. Uh, but make sure you keep up with BS BSN Rams for all of it. Tomorrow's going to be the first scrimmage of fall camp. We don't get to watch it, unfortunately, but there will be me media availability after, so we'll get a chance to talk to some players, head coach Mike Bobo as well. That'll be the first time that we've actually been able to talk to Mike since media day, which was already way back on Monday now, so definitely looking forward to it. I am going to be interested to see what Mike has to say. I wish we got to watch the scrimmage, but definitely a big moment to see uh, where the Rams are at, especially from the offensive line standpoint, stuff like that. This team's got to figure out a lot of position groups. Linebacker, they're pretty young and raw. Secondary, they're still trying to figure out which guys are going to be a part of it. And then, you know, which young receivers are going to step up. I tweeted out this morning that Ty McCulloch and Dante Wright have really impressed me, but there are quite a few guys in that room, so going to be interesting. Anyways, we will be back. We will have written content about that scrimmage. Another podcast on Monday. As always, guys, thanks for listening.